0: Welcome,
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Rain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Slowly but surely, the music builds. It swells. Yes, it's the missing component of one of the greater shows on television. <laughs> uh, it,
2: it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite, at least. So that's that's all that really matters. And and to-
1: yours too, apparently. Yeah. Meaning you, the fan.
2: Ah, uh, yes, and the fans that are out there. That
1: is the voice of Keaton Markey. Hi
2: guys, I'm back. Uh... I know. The season's been rough for me. Or the first half of the season's been rough for me. But I promise I will get better. I will be better next half of the season. But Less I'm so weddings. Finished. Less weddings. My friends need to stop getting married. It just needs to stop.
1: Um, and we always... <laughs> Apparently, keep doing a switcheroo. You and Alina keep switching on and off. We're I've trying never to met get- this
2: girl. I don't even know who she is. She's a wonderful lady. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I, I, I look forward to meeting her.
1: Well, <laughs> you're wonderful as well. And Thank I tell her it. that as well. And one day the two shall meet. And we will have.
2: And we'll kick you off the panel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then go. we'll have
2: full, like, like mutiny within the chat room, I feel like.
1: Um, anyway, in a couple of moments, we've got a wonderful guest. You guys may know him as Don Carlos, Don Carlos. from CW's The Rain. So that's something to look AKA forward to.
2: Mr. Gray from French Court.
1: <laughs> that's right. Move
2: over, Narcisse. We got a kinkier guy in town.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I feel like uh, I, I feel like Narcisse might have to come in on this one. So uh, we'll kind of talk about that storyline. But first... Um, we you know, when he calls in, we'll probably jump around a little bit. But let's start with Greer and Lathe. Um it's it's a quick one, it gets it out of the way. And first and foremost, she's got a baby bump.
2: Baby bump! And like this is the thing. They like barely even showed it to us. Like it like I would have missed it if I would have blinked or like just kind of turned the other way and eat a potato chip or something. I would have missed the fact that she is Pregger's. And technically the only person who can really be the dad is the pirate guy.
1: Yes, I guess, yeah.
2: Is that is that what I'm supposed to believe? I don't know. You guys in the chat room let us know what you guys think, but I, that's just what I'm... I want Lace to be the daddy, but I know he's not because I don't think they have...
1: I think she needs to reconcile with him fast so he she can convince him that it's his. But,
2: uh, no, she's... The moment they, like, if they try to do it now and she tried to, like, fake it, she is, like, full, like, showing. Like, she's screwed. hmm I don't know who it it belongs to, to, though.
1: Well, I mean, the only guy that makes sense is... Because they both talked about their people that they're sleeping with. So she mentioned the pirate. So, you know, it's... Not only, obviously, is it great for the argument, but it's a nice callback for the audience of who the dad might be.
2: Ugh. I just feel so bad for Greer. Like, she's just, like... I know. I know. Like I liked to see that moment. This uh, in this tonight's episode when Lace was like, "Are you happy?" Like you know, you know the whole "Are you happy" thing. Like let's talk as friends, whatever. And she's like, "Yeah, I like running my like running my shop. I'm honestly just happy I'm alive, which is kind of sad. But at least you know she's still
1: well. Especially Greer. now. I mean, she thought she got attacked, God. so she is happy to be alive.
2: Yes. Which I'm glad they didn't kill her because she's like, and I, I want to see more of Greer. I feel like we've not seen very much of her. At all this season. And she's always kind of been one of my favorite characters. So it kind of makes me sad. Because she's awesome.
1: She is awesome. There's just, you know, there's just always a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they chose this episode of all episodes to kind of start getting them back together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Although, I do like Leith and Princess Claude.
2: I do too. I know I know that was huge, like, last week's episode. And I just...
1: But notice what they're doing. They're never putting them together. In an episode. Yeah. Meaning, you know, some, not not meaning print. Although technically I guess you could say they never put Greer and the princess both together. But it's more about Lath and who he interacts with. Yeah. It's always on per episode basis either he's just talking with Greer or he's talking with the princess. Never in one episode has he spoken with both.
2: I did think it was very interesting. We didn't see Claude at all. Like, even in the... the I mean, the horse and the hair-like game, or the horse and the hair, the... Um, the hound and the hair. The hound the hair, the hair game. Which that's is the title right of the episode. Up, that's right up Claude's alley. Like, Claude loves that stuff, especially if she gets to be the one chasing. And so the fact that we didn't even see her then, the actors much have, like, a contract, and she's working on something else right now. All
1: right, well, I'm being told that we have a very special call on the line, and, Keaton, would you like to do the honor of introductions
2: i i would like to do that i mean you guys know him as uh don carlos from the most r- recent couple episodes of rain but uh mark can you hear us
3: i can hear you can hear me
2: i can hear you mark so mark i don't want to like butcher your last name so please tell me how to say your last name so i can give you a proper introduction
3: it's ganime
2: ganime what is are you what is the your heritage uh
3: my father is lebanese and my mom is canadian Awesome, so a Mark. Bit of a mix.
2: Gunime. that's an awesome name. Well, welcome Thank to you. the show, Mark. Thank you Thank for you very coming much. in.
3: Good to be back. I, I uh, spent some time on your show during uh, my during the run on Helix when we had that show going for a couple of seasons.
2: Mm-hmm. So, that's so right. I
3: got to meet some of the great group down there. It's been fun. So I'm glad to be back.
2: Yeah, and so have you been in studio before?
3: Yes, I have both. uh for oh, Both awesome. my sessions, yeah.
2: Awesome. Um, so, but now you're living back in Canada, I assume.
3: Yeah, correct. I'm in I'm on the East Coast right now it's one o'clock 120 in the morning. Oh I'm in God. Montreal.
2: Thank so. you. For, you don't have an early call time tomorrow right? No, I'm good. I'm good. okay, good. <laughs> I would feel really really bad. So I think the first question I really need to ask you is when you audition for this part, did they kind of like give you a heads up? Hey, you're basically auditioning for Christian Gray in um, you know France uh, or in you know the French court, Christian Gray.
3: <laughs> well, uh, there was, um, there was one scene that was sort of standard fair inter, like basically talking to, um, I think it was actually Mary that they had written in, but it was sort of my scenes that I did with Queen Elizabeth, um, in episode four, where I'm basically asking her to show me if she's a dude. Um, <laughs> so they had that scene in, and then they had another scene where I was kind of, Hinting at my my choices in the bedroom, um, but I wasn't actually sure if that was going to play out because when I got the part, they gave me the first episode alone, and then they said we have you written in for another for some other episode, and uh, and but they didn't actually give me any details, so it was sort of like a I wasn't sure if the audition piece was going to actually end up playing out in the, in the part in the end, but uh, as you can see in Hound and Hare, it's, uh, it's it gets pretty it's it pretty harry what was, what
1: was <laughs> your initial see. what was your initial reaction to uh you know when you first read the script uh, about that and how it sort of plays out oh you
3: mean for the
1: for this this, this episode <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um i thought it was i thought it was pretty i thought it was funny um i thought it was very interesting uh it was sort of something i think a little bit different for the show and um I was excited to to do something kind of different like that coming from a character where my last character replays kind of a a mercenary and and a killer and all that. But this one was going to be just a totally big departure from that. Um, I was also concerned that I didn't want it to kind of play off as, as silly or campy or anything like that. I wanted him to be real, just a guy that you know happens to like pain during sex. So that was that was one of my concerns, but I was really, really impressed with the way they wrote it and uh and the showrunner is 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 right on top of things and, and fantastic. So
1: did you guys ha- so speaking of uh, the campiness, did you guys have any sort of discussions whether um uh you know, Mary and Catherine or or uh the director of this episode, like what was what was the discussion based around that? Especially, I mean, if you look at it, this is the mid-season um, finale, and this is pretty much the last scene we're left with. So it's it's a huge cliffhanger. So I imagine a lot of thought went into it.
3: Well, when I when I spoke with with our showrunner, um, I was I had mentioned how I sort of wanted to see it play out, and she actually echoed exactly the same thing. And I and I wanted to just take it as it as it was on the page it was more you know he's a guy that just has. A different taste, and I didn't want it to become too silly. And Anne Wheeler, who directed uh, who directed that episode, um, she's fantastic, and I've been looking forward to working with her for years ever since I kind of started training as an actor. Um, and we talked about it as well, and it was we were all sort of in line with the same uh, same idea. We didn't want it to seem silly. Um, there are some moments, as you saw in, in the room with um, with with Mary and Catherine where they're sort of sharing looks and they're both kind of like (laughs) awkward and and Mary's super awkward. And so that was, that was funny, but I didn't want it to to be stupid or silly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I think.
2: What was, I mean, you're in a room shooting a scene with, I feel like like two amazing actresses and Mm -hmm. you're shooting kind of this type of scene. What was that day like on set for you uh, with those two in the room and kind of like you guys Working through a scene that that could be really awkward. I mean, obviously you three are super professionals and stuff, and you're all three great actors. But what is what is a day like that like?
3: Well, I mean, you sort of that's that's just it, right? They, we are all professionals, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's 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 pretty interesting and and, and, <laughs> and big material. Um, it was a closed set, so it wasn't the full crew uh, as you would have on any regular other shots that they're doing on, on the show. Um, so it was more of an intimate situation. And uh, everyone just took it very seriously. Um, Catherine, especially, because she was because um, Megan follows was was actually whipping me, and she was really concerned about not whipping me too hard. And so we had some discussions on safety and what what I could take or what I figured was was enough for. What we were shooting and no it was—it was it was honestly it was a lot of fun um the whole crew was kind of looking forward to seeing how this was going to play out so everyone was kind of like ah, I wonder how this is going to go um with our like I called it I think on Twitter the medieval bowflex um,
2: <laughs> that, that is what it looked like oh my god that is exactly what it looked like
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it was fun I mean it was um <laughs> it's definitely, you know, definitely not something I, I expected to to be doing. If you would have asked me six months ago, would, would I be strapped to a chair and being flogged by by Megan Follows? Uh, wasn't <laughs> you know <laughs> that wouldn't have been on my bucket list at that point. Um, but no, it was great. I mean, we had uh, we had some interaction even when I went in to do some of the inserts and some pickup shots and stuff. <laughs> we had the we had one of our EPs. Um, um, playing along and, and he was like showing one of the people how to whip and how hard. And it was just, and I was like, Oh, am I getting payback? Like, are you whipping me hard for, for, for any of the, any of the stuff that I've done on set? And it was a pretty fun laugh. And, Everyone's pretty uh, pretty great on that show. The cast, uh, the crew, production was 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 quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was very fortunate to be put into that circumstance, even though it could have been super awkward. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I imagine. Just, Let me ask this: uh, Do you kind of do you, do you interact with fans a lot? I mean, you know, the the show airs Friday. We do this on Sunday, so in that time. Have you kind of been able to catch up on some of the comments, the reactions to this? Because as I mentioned.
3: Absolutely. I think, I think in this day and age, you know, um, when you're on television or in film, on television especially because it airs every week and there's, it's only a set time, you know, and you can kind of do the live tweeting. I think it, it's sort of part of our our duty now in social media to interact with the fans and and keep keep the interest going and generate buzz. And I was really stoked to be part of the show. And I I actually auditioned back for the pilot way back in the day uh, for the for the king for Megan follows his husband actually, um, oh, wow. but that went a different way. And so I was really excited to be back on to to have an opportunity on the show. And you know I, I like keeping up with the fans and 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 interacting and and. and and egging them on, sending teasers and that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I got a good crack at it with my other show with Helix. We had some some pretty interesting live tweeting every episode. And I really gotten into it and I had a lot of fun. And I think it's the best way to, to bring people in and let them see that we're just guys and girls just having a blast and, and making some TV, you know?
2: Yeah. So uh, Christine Baker, she's in the chat right now. She wants to know, uh, how did you like your wardrobe for the show?
3: Oh, man. I got to tell you. <laughs> Uh, Meredith, who is our our key, uh, like the the main costume designer on the show, she is incredible, and everything they do is super super custom um, for for a lot of the big roles. and And I came in, and they had some stuff already ready for me. They had some major measurements major measurements taken um, before I got to the show, and and they had this hand built uh, hand built costume for me. Every time I'd show up on set for something different, they would have little changes, they would have this idea, this idea, and it was all really, really high-quality, exquisite stuff. I was really stoked to wear it. I kind of was like, I want to steal this and wear it in a Starbucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I follow the, the costume designer on Instagram, and everybody really should who watches this, and it's, it's phenomenal what they do with the costumes on that show. It's, it's so beautiful.
3: The details. Mm-hmm. The details that they put into these, these outfits are second to none. I've never seen this uh, kind of detail for, for television.
2: And you know hearing you talk right now you sound obviously very different than your character did uh on the show you don't have an accent. <laughs> what yeah, is no. you know and I've never asked anybody who we've had on the show about this. When you when you go into this role like what do you guys talk about accent wise because obviously you're supposed to be the the Spanish prince but you don't Speaking,
1: have, English, yeah, of speaking English
2: of course. Speaking English of course and France. in France and not having a Spanish accent. Is that a discussion you have like what what was that like and kind of what is kind of the rule in the rain world when it comes to accents
3: in, in the rain world it's pretty much everyone does the, the British RP receive pronunciation accent, mm-hmm. um, you know, to each one's best ability. If they are, if they are from the UK, that's, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite nice. But, um, <laughs> I, I spoke with our showrunner about that and I I, was, I asked her if she wanted, um, if she wanted to do any kind of Spanish, uh, touch to the British accent. Cause I know they wanted me to speak in a British accent, um, and she said she said you could as long as it doesn't get in the way. And I, I just I worked with it for a while. I have a, I have a dialect coach. Mm-hmm. I just found that it it um, took away from my ability to stay connected with the material to, to do an accent upon an accent. Yeah. So I stuck with the, the the standard British RP, which which most people on rain kind of go for. Yeah. And then there's all always uh, there's Marilla Wex who's on Twitter. She's uh, she's um, She's the sort of on-set um, dialect guide, uh-huh. and uh, so she's she's always fun to run lines with in, in in the mornings on set, and just kind of get into that voice, and, into that accent, and stay and stay clear with your consonants and your vowels. And but no, it's 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 a, it was a fun it was a fun challenge. It was my first time working with a, with a British accent, and um, outside of outside of school. <laughs>
1: yeah. What was um let me ask this, uh, you know, uh, you've had a chance to play in, in a scene with uh, pretty much most of the main um, women on the show. Uh, who, if you could, uh, would you like to play a scene on rain with that you, that you haven't played but one hasn't yet?
3: Played one. Um, I, you know, I mean, all of the, all of the leads, I mean, actually it's funny. Um, uh, Alexander Ald- Ordolis, who is, uh, who plays, uh, Delphine mm-hmm. on Rain. Yeah. She's actually, she, I, I actually killed her in my other show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had a fun laugh when I, when I felt, when I saw her on set one day. So that would be fun actually to, to, to do some scenes with her and kind of, and have like a, like a revival of our, of our relationship on a different show. Which was kind of, would have, would have been neat, but it was nice. I mean, obviously working with, uh, with uh, Adelaide and, and Megan and and Rachel, um, it was it was great. And Torrance, uh, I've I've known from Vancouver from the uh, from the acting world out in Vancouver. So it would have been nice to have some scenes with him. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens.
2: Well, because like technically you're not dead. <laughs> technically,
3: I'm not dead. Technically. technically, I staggered off in a bloody mess.
2: Yeah, that was pretty pretty horrifying too. And like to the point where I'm like, I don't know how Queen Catherine and Mary are going to get out of this. Like, really.
3: I mean, you know what, <laughs> and and you know what, they they should pay. They should pay.
2: Oh,
0: okay. can you can you? <laughs> you know, it was
3: us? it was funny though. Speaking of that bloody mess, when I when I had to go and get changed and cleaned up after that scene, it was it was the end. It was the last shot of the day, and I ended up back at the trailer, and I was like, uh, I kind of need to take a shower because it was literally liters of blood that were just <laughs> kind of poured over me and stuff for this for this shot. And I I usually leave. I I pride myself on leaving my trailer in a good shot, in a good condition. I bring my I bring my costume back to the costume trailer every time. I'm I'm pretty good with that sort of stuff. There was nothing I could do to keep that bathroom without looking like something out of Dexter. (laughs)
1: Like
3: it was fake blood everywhere. I hope you took a picture. (laughs) Quite the experience. I actually took um I actually took the shower with the with the leather pants that I was wearing, um just to kind of get it all off that first. It was it was a total disaster it was kind of fun
2: (laughs) (laughs) what what kind of blood did they use was it like the stuff that actually tasted somewhat decent or was it just like the nasty fake blood um
3: the uh the the fake blood that kind of went around my face was was the was the Corn, I guess the corn syrup-based yeah. uh, stuff. But the rest of it, I don't know. I didn't really taste it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like I said, I had, I had liters. Like, the guy would stand there with a sponge full of it and squeeze it and just push it on the back of my neck and just let it drip down my back uh... for each, ta- each take. And yeah, so I'm not sure what that tasted like. I don't really want to try. Well,
2: and they had like something that – because you had like something still sticking out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: A piece of the, the... – uh, The sex chair. Yeah, the Bowflex. The The coitus. Actually, some of them were calling it the coitus pony. (laughs) Oh,
2: my gosh. With
1: with the coitus pony, did you – how many takes did that take to to bust out? Because I imagine, I mean, you know, uh, they didn't have too many of those built. No, with the –
3: yeah, the the breakaway breakaway arm from the stunt uh, portion. They had – I had a few cracks at it for different angles and um, just – just different tries to make sure that we we got it. It's it's a, you know, we, you film a portion of it, and then there's the stunt because there's like an actual stunt guy involved where he had to flip back with the whole chair and smash and land on his back. Um, so there's just trying to match that and get all that kind of tied in together nicely. But uh, no, it was really well done. The this, the the breakaway piece. Um, was was perfectly balanced. Like, it was firm enough for me to actually have to put effort to break it, but not so much that I had to take, like, three, shy, three shots at it and look like an idiot, you know?
2: <laughs> so, um, can you give us any kind of, like, clues as to what is going to happen? I mean, you are the cliffhanger of the mid-season finale. Is, is there anything you can tell us or just, you know, throw out there?
3: <laughs> well, um... I'm not sure if there's too much I can tell you, but if you, if you look closely, you might find some preview trailers um, to, to the episode coming up. Uh, you might be able to sneak a few peeks and see where my character's at, mm-hmm. but I can't give you anything else other than that. Um, we gotta, We got to leave it in truth <laughs> or fashion. you got to wait till January 8th like everyone else, <laughs> including me.
2: Did so Don Carlos, is he a, is he a real person in, in history? I, I think he is, right? He is. Yeah. Did you and, look up his story and kind of his history?
3: Um I I, I did. And um he's a creepy son of a
2: <laughs> It's okay, it's past eleven, you can say it. <laughs>
3: he is a creepy son of a bitch, and I'm really glad that they decided to CW up this character uh-huh. and make him um less uh less disgusting and more more about his own like he he had his own desires it wasn't like putting it on other people or treating like this i mean the real don carlos treated women horribly and he was like disfigured and he was and he had some major mental instabilities um so you know i i didn't want to go that way and i'm really glad that they wrote it uh, the way they did
2: you were just very charming just, ah. You you just you just liked some you just liked pain a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, it's just like Christian Grey of yes. the 16th century. You
2: were literally Christian Grey. Did you audition for Christian Grey by by chance? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I uh, yeah.
2: I, did. <laughs> I, I well, you kind of have the look. So I was just I, I literally was asking I asked Stephen that when when I found out you were coming on. I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if he did audition for Christian Grey. But you no, know, look- <laughs> I, I got I got a
3: an audition request from my team um, in L.A. And I, and I looked, and I was I was in Canada at that point, so I wasn't down in LA for any auditions. But the script was very very under wraps, and it was and it wasn't even an actual side from the movie. Um, it was just something very obscure, just to try and get what they wanted to see out of the out of the auditioners, like what kind of character they could pull
1: from them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was um, it was it was interesting to say the <laughs> least. I still haven't seen the
1: movie though. Um, don't worry, I haven't either. So
2: I, I was brought, I was dragged to it. I've never read the book, uh-huh. but I was dragged uh-huh. to it on right. my birthday. I no, right. I it yeah. I
1: don't. <laughs> Here's what I have to say, and it's, it's not necessarily a question, but but it's something that uh, maybe you can kind of comment on. What what I like about your introduction, Don Carlos, is the obviously there's a historical element, but um it works really nicely. You know, at post Francis's death, to kind of introduce you because. Obviously, Mary's not necessarily ready to, um, to move on. And we as an audience, I don't think are ready to move on from Francis either. And so by introducing you in the creepiest of ways, it kind of keeps, uh, you know, Mary still vulnerable to us. And I think it works really nicely, you know. And uh, so I, I I commend the writing for that. And again, it's not necessarily a question, but if you want to comment on that, feel free.
3: Yeah, you know, that is something. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it a little bit. It is it is interesting. Um, you know, there's. In TV writing, you can't mess with the fans sometimes. And they have a huge uh, love for. I guess it's Frary. Is that how they call her? They call her Frary, yes. Frary. On the show? Yes. Um, and I didn't want to just be another one. And, and as you could see in, in the beginning of that episode, we're walking through the woods and I'm talking about. How she feels and how she's embarrassed because she's with me and she doesn't want to be seen as a as somebody who's moved on too fast after Francis's death. Um, I don't think he he wants that either. He 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 likes her and he wanted to just do it respectfully and he just and he knows that it's also a, a, it's love or whatever that would be back then at, so quickly. But it, it was also a bit of business um, in the sense that he knew that her country needed the help and he really liked her, so it was kind of a marriage of, in both ways, business and, uh, and, in, in life and love. So, uh, the way that it turned so quickly, um, I think is good for the viewers. I think it gives them something to go, oh, well, here's a new character to, to glom onto, but we don't have to worry. It's not going to screw with our, 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 memory of Ferrari.
2: But see, this is the thing. I, I commend you, Mark, because I think like I, I was going to root for them. Like, I literally was, because even even after he was like, yeah, I'm kind of into this creepy, like, sex stuff, but I was like, you know what, Mary, just try it out. Like, he seems like a nice enough guy that you guys had great chemistry, but you were still, and you were still very charming, and you weren't, you were never mean about, like, what you were into. And you're like, hey, this is who I am, this is what, it, it was just, you never seemed creepy to me. Even with that creepy thing, so and I. And I worry I for you, like that. No, but <laughs>
1: I worry for your personal health.
2: No, but I I, I commend him because I feel like that that's what he was trying to do with the characters. Like this is just something that is a part of who he is, but he doesn't make him a bad person.
1: No, I I hundred percent agree with that. Um, for me, if I'm to comment on, I was I was curious to see if they would show kind of you coming into court. Because it would have been a nice dichotomy from when when you saw Elizabeth and how your one-liners. I mean, this is uh, this is. I know we're not in the medieval times. I still call it medieval, but these are like medieval pickup lines. And I was wondering what you would do with uh, with Mary. You know, when you first uh, saw her, and obviously we didn't get that, but we got this instead, which is great.
3: And and I, and I think I mean, you see him. You see when he talks about the Hound and the Hair game. And then he talks to her and he says to her stuff like, no, no, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be chasing, you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be chasing you, you'd be chasing me. And it's kind of like, and she's like, what? And he was like, well, you know, if you, if I catch you, you'll see, or if you catch me, you'll see what I mean. So I think that was his way of flirting. And, you know, for, for however weird it was, I think it fit for the, for the, for the time and it fits for the show. Um, and I don't think he really got a chance to, to court her or flirt with her as much because she found his stuff and held it and was going to snoop around and he had to catch her so it kind of all came to an end the courting it was more like bam okay um, now I have to tell you my truth and here it is it's a it's a bowflex
2: you
0: know <laughs>
3: yeah
2: I love that.
3: <laughs> hashtag bowflex at bowflex send yeah. me one uh, yeah
2: bowflex you better get this guy now like, he's <laughs> literally <laughs>
3: do they still make them i don't know i don't know But anyway I yeah like so do. i think uh <laughs> i think that's what it was it was a, it was a it was just trying to you know state keep this character um truthful. I mean, doesn't have to be a creepy bastard. He doesn't have to be uh, the suave guy only. He doesn't have to be so, you know, one-layered. So I I like how they allowed me to play with that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't want to keep you up too much later, but what other projects or things, obviously... We think you're still alive. I'm going to go watch the Canadian trailer because everybody on the so- chat room is like, go watch the Canadian preview for next time or when it comes back because I feel like we're going to get more answers. But uh, what other projects do you have coming up? Anything exciting that you're allowed to talk about?
3: Uh, yeah I've got to, well I just uh my my first episode of Quantico just aired tonight on ABC oh, God, um,
2: congratulations that show's doing awesome
3: yeah that's a great show that's a great show so I had a had a had a quick turn on that on on an episode there and I'm waiting to see what happens uh, with my character on that um, and then there is a, a new um, horror slash murder mystery slash slash slasher <laughs> slasher it's a mini series that comes out it's on chiller um in the states and it comes out on super channel in in canada and that's in march so i play a, a character that i can't talk about because it's all very a whodunit kind of show uh-huh. um so that's kind of cool and yeah and i'm i'm working on a short a sci-fi short film up in canada that i'm really excited about and uh, yeah lots of projects and then i'll be down in la in in january and
2: awesome yeah. well if you're down in la in january and you're still alive on rain do you want to come in studio if you have time
3: <laughs> i would love to it'd be great to be back in there
2: that would be awesome well we're in a new <laughs>
1: location so i don't know if you went to the new one but uh obviously you're welcome
3: location pretty far out where is this new one
1: i don't know if it's far out but it's uh it's in north hollywood now we moved
3: okay yeah it's yeah I, I haven't been to that one i haven't been to that location. I don't want to divulge where you are. Yeah, don't yeah, no, I, tell
2: where we are.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Right, right.
2: so where can we follow you kind of on social media, online? Do you have a website? How can we support you and what you're doing?
3: You know, I've got a... a, a I'm at Mark and email on Twitter. Um, I've got a... a um, a Facebook fan page that's uh, that's run by by a, uh, a colleague of mine um, that I haven't really updated. I'm sure I should probably spend some time doing that, but mostly on Twitter at Mark Anime. That's that's where I spend most of my time.
2: Awesome. Do you have an awesome. Instagram?
3: I do not. No.
2: Did you take a picture of the bloody bathtub? <laughs> um,
3: I took. Yeah, I took a picture of myself all bloody with my with my uh, and and I have a yeah yeah. It's not really. Postable though, it's oh. kind of gross.
2: Oh, okay, well then, never mind. <laughs> sorry guys, false advertisement here. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time to talk with us and staying up so late. We really appreciate it, and we hope you stay alive on Rain. And we hope we can see you in studio in January.
3: Yeah, we'll tune in January eighth, and let's let's hope uh, Donnie C makes a comeback. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks a lot for having me again. I appreciate it. Thank of you. Course. Have a great night. Wonderful talking to you. Have right. a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Well, he's good. awesome. That was very I wish cool. he was in studio. I he's, he's ah, will get sweetheart. him in the studio.
1: We'll get him. In. I hope
2: he's alive.
1: <laughs> th- Here is the thing. I think I am um, glad we got to talk about. Uh, obviously, it was great to get the uh, the, the behind the scenes stuff. It's mm-hmm. always great, um, and obviously, we all look forward to that. But I like his his take on the story as well. Um, and I do go back to what I said in this scenario. Right? Um, it kind of. For all purposes, it kills the relationship between Mary and him. Because if he's not pissed off after this, I would be so surprised at him. Like, hey, Mary, you know what? That... Although he could be, a... if he's that demented and sick, he'd be like, Mary, that was the greatest experience of my life.
2: He said he liked pain. I don't know. I, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what he likes. But I think this is also a way, if he does survive this, for them to work in the real who the real Don Carlos is and make it be because of his injury to the head. Like, maybe... I mean, you... Everyone's seen these stories of people who had, like, traumatic brain injuries and head injuries back in the day and somehow miraculously survived, but their personalities were changed. And it was before people really knew much about, you know, brain and anatomy and how everything worked. So... That's how I could see him living. It could throw a, like a whole scientific and medical wrench into the show, as well as how is Megan or how is Megan follows. No, how is Catherine and Mary going to deal with this guy who people don't know if he's like fully I sane or it, not?
1: I think it's two sided, right? Um, to degree, Mary and Catherine are in peril, but at the same time, they have an ability to blackmail him because his father's you know would disown him. Yeah. For but they the were both participating in it. Yeah, but again, they're all very clever, and so it depends how they spin it.
2: Well, somebody, but that's the thing. There's, there's a witness there right away. Like, like Don Carlos literally falls into like another person, like a guard as he is like escaping the room. So, I but don't the
1: guard if, is is a French it, guard.
2: I don't know if he was a French guard. Well,
1: I, but again, there's that element of where where Mary and Catherine could, you know. Hold hostage the guard and say, Hey, you tell anyone anything and then now they've got Don Carlos in their back pocket. It, again, It'll there's multiple scenarios yeah. or Don Carlos just completely flips out, doesn't care, and he holds them very accountable in whatever way that is.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Is there anything else from this episode we, we lost the bash storyline?
1: Yeah, we, we um you know, we we talked about Greer and Leith. Mm-hmm. Um so let's Let's talk about, um, and then we definitely have to talk Narcisse. Oh my yeah, god! We can't miss that. But let's start with let's start with Delphine and Bash. Yeah, um, the two of them, lovely morning in bed together. Bash putting on his pants.
2: I know. I mean, I love me some, some shirtless Bash and shirtless Lawrence Combs. Like I, I love it. Do we like them together? No, I don't like her. I don't like her one bit, and I miss Kenna. And that's Ken- me saying I miss Kenna. Um, Which,
1: there's nothing wrong with Kenna
2: I don't know I just again I just want something more for bash like he used to like and he still is one of my favorite characters but I feel like they, he's just like a side like a like an afterthought to the writers and that really bugs me because he is such a cool character they can literally do anything with him that they want to because he's not a real f- historical character I and mean, I know CW takes like, as many liberties as they want you, anyway to, with historical characters. But he can literally go anywhere and be anything and do anything. Well, right and I now, want the, him to be more important. Right,
1: right now, he's basically like the through line for any of the storylines that need to intercross, right? I mean, that's how we got Lath and Greer yeah. together. So, but obviously at the same time, he has his own storyline. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, you know with Delphine and, and this killer. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess... Not that I don't trust it, but, but it seems unclear where the storyline is 100% going.
2: Yeah, it doesn't quite seem supernatural. It doesn't... It just... I don't know. I've not liked Delphine really since the beginning, and I was going to forgive her if she really truly saved Francis, but Francis ended up dying anyway. We all know it was going to happen. And not her fault. It was actually Mary's fault for wanting to go into the woods. Um, sorry. I know people are going to be like, no, it's not Mary's fault. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. I just... I want somebody more interesting for Bash. I want Bash... I Like, I want to see Bash with somebody, like, almost like Claude. Like, I know that that's his... I don't want to see him with Claude, because that's technically his sister. But, like, I need somebody that's a little sassier. That's not just, like... I don't know. I just... That's how...
1: When do you think they're going to get the killer?
2: I hope so. I mean... This is the thing. It's like you how long are you going to show me like talk about this hooded creature that we barely see and like, you know, make me scared about him. That's like I I need to feel 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 more fear. Yeah. I was more freaked out from Don Carlos than I was from this killer in this episode. So,
1: although they did play it, they, they did play it very well in in terms of their execution of how Again, because these things, any time you predict something, it it goes back to the Matrix quote, right? Um, you know, oh, sorry, I dropped the cookies. Oh, don't, you know, I already told you, don't be sorry. The weirder thing is, would you have dropped them if I didn't say anything? Yeah. You know what I mean? So something's going to happen either way. So in this scenario, right, they're supposed to hang out at the brothel to get the killer. And then, you know, oh, he's not here. So let's just dispatch and then here comes Greer. And then you <laughs> got the drunk guy. <laughs> the weirdest drunk guy I've ever seen in my life. But I thought that played out well because then she screams. Obviously, here comes Bash. And then Delphine is taken. Yeah. But not <sighs> not literally taken, but... Um,
2: she she is attacked and then she decides to leave. Because she doesn't want anybody else to get hurt. Which also makes me question Delphine. I'm like, you're creepy and I don't trust you still.
1: No, I think I'm past the Delphine is really creepy. I don't know. I mean, she's creepy, but she's – it, it works in this way. She's on our side. So okay. I, that you know, I, I'm willing to bypass any creepiness that she may have because she works for our team.
2: Okay. She's she's on our team. Fine. I, uh, cool. You're basically like little mini-bash, though. So. <laughs> Fair enough. You're wearing Team Royal Bro shirt.
1: That's right. I am. You know, I wore it last week, If you too. would
2: have told me, I didn't know you were wearing it, I would have worn my my Team Catherine shirt. You know what?
1: I, I was like, uh, last episode, I said to myself, you know what? All I pretty much wear is black shirts anyway, and you know what? Um, you a gracious have- fan made this shirt, took the time to not only make it for me, but an entire panel of all of us.
2: So once a week
1: for this show, why not just wear the shirt?
2: I'm going to bust my shirt out. I wear my shirt all the time. I wear it when I work out, go on hikes. I, I'm waiting for somebody to come up to me and be like, I love Rain! Because I love Rain. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, did you see last week's episode? I just, yeah. Anyways.
1: And then you meet the one that. And you then I meet my one
2: true love, and it'll just, it'll be great. Um,
1: <laughs> All right. We're running out <laughs> of time. Or I want to like,
2: meet somebody who's like, I was on that show. And I'm like, oh my God, you were so, yeah.
1: We can I, talk about <laughs> Keaton's dating life on another time. Uh,
2: <laughs> Should we do Castle Corner? No, no, no. Oh, no, no Narcisse! No. Yes! I'm so sorry
1: we got to talk about... Okay, this little Kristoff boy.
2: Oh, God. I know. I mean, he is
1: just... You know what? I commend him. He just gets some.
2: Like, get it, Catherine. But Catherine gets some, too. Like, but he... Yeah, he's a lot more pushy, but Catherine likes that.
1: Yes, indeed. I feel like
2: Catherine and Don Carlos would be, have been a good pair.
1: That's what I... Because yeah. she
2: likes to... Yeah, she had no problem whipping paint. him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mary, come on. Say something. <clears throat> um... But obviously okay so was this what's this narcissist plan all along to bypass because here's the thing um every time narcissus go in that route of like um, being good well yes being good but more so being a decent husband it goes the route of oh i i i despise you narcissus and how are, there's no way that you can be with lola and then he goes and does something like this and kind of redeems himself,
2: yeah. Um,
1: in the sense of Lola, not yeah, in the Catherine. Sense of Lola, yes,
2: yes, yes. In the sense of Lola, yes. But he still cheated on Lola. Not okay. Second of all, you know, Narc. I'm just curious. I can't wait to figure out. Yes, how long Narcisse has been planning this? Because he would be the most amazing chess player in the world because he literally thinks like ten moves ahead to the point where we can't we're, we can't even catch up to him. And Catherine, Catherine, who's like the queen and like literally the best chess player of all. Can't even, like, just got duped by him. She's in, check, she's in check right now. I doubt she's in checkmate because you can never checkmate that woman. But she's in checkmate. Well, you check. can't
1: checkmate a queen, only a king.
2: Exactly. So, but... Remember that. Props to Narcisse. I hope he does more good with this than bad. But as we know, Narcisse... Because I just... I don't want bad stuff to happen to Lola. But I have a feeling when Mary has to decide to leave court, Lola and Greer will go with her... For some reason, and I don't think Narcisse is going to go with her, and I don't think...
1: Here's the... With Narcisse, you know, he had that whole speech of, Well, I reluctantly will take this post up until I need to, and I hope I can be a decent leader to the people of France. Really? Uh, That couldn't be more of a fake speech.
2: Yeah, I mean... Whatever. Narcisse is doing, like, what he can do, like, to keep himself, like, ahead of Catherine. So I give him props for doing that. As long as he doesn't hurt Lola and as long as he doesn't hurt Mary... Cool. Great. And as long... Because this is the thing about Narcisse, though. He's always been, like, France's number one fan. Not Francis's... Francis's number one fan. But, like, any time he was battling with France, Francis, is because he was trying to literally fight for his country, fight for what he truly believed was the best thing for France. A lot of that, also, he thought, was what was also best for him and his money stuff. But it was a lot of what's best for France. So... He's, he's a little bit of a radical though. Like, he's a little crazy.
1: Oh, uh, he'll just do anything to get it done.
2: Yeah. But so, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him in this, um, place of power. Uh, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with it. And I'm excited to see him and Catherine go at it with him in this place. But this is the thing. Because he's in this, this place of power, I think he's gonna be able to protect. I think Mary is gonna be more protected than she would be almost with, with a Catherine there. Because I feel like Narcisse, Lola can somehow charm Narcisse to do things for Mary, where Catherine, if she got a bad taste in her mouth with Mary, would would flip on her like that. Where I don't think Narcisse is going to flip on Lola.
1: I don't think he's going to flip on Lola, but at the same time, there's that distance growing where Narcisse goes off to work. Then he comes home. Hey, how, honey, how you doing? Kind
2: of like the Kenna hey, Narcisse, um, how's work situation. Yeah.
1: And he's like, ah, oh, work is work. And that's the end of that. Yeah. So right. I don't think he, you know, just like when he cheated on her, you know, yeah, I had a really hard day at work today. Like, true, you were hard at work. But, um, but, no. but, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so there's a lot of, um, mistruths or half truths. I don't
2: know.
1: Anyway, um, that's pretty much it. That is it. Alrighty, righty. So Castle Corner today brought to you by Keaton Marquis. Um,
2: Phil, do you want to tell them what, you're, what, what well, you yeah, make I'll, me do every I'll, week? I'll, I'll Just g- give an intro to Castle Corner.
1: So Castle Corner, you guys know it. You guys love it. We kind of do a profile of a castle every single week. And today we figured we'd go to Spain. Now, as I looked into this, Spain, Spain. by far has the best castles in the entire re- European continent
2: and this is why because spain had a ton of money for a very long time they were like freaking ruling it and nobody was gonna touch spain nobody wanted to fight spain because they had the best navy nobody wanted to mess with them at all
1: well so now we're gonna so so i was i was going down the the top 10 list and i started with number 10 i was like holy moly (laughs) and then i got to number one so today we're doing the number one voted castle of spain which is
2: Okay, well, this is, this is a fun cold read for me, everybody, just like every week. Uh, this is Castle Alhambra. Alhambra is a palace and fortress complex located in Granada, Andalusia, Spain. It was originally constructed as a small fortress in 80, in 889 and then largely ignored until its ruins were renovated and rebuilt in the mid 13th century by the Moorish something emirate of granada who built its current palace and walls it was converted into a royal palace in 1333 by yusuf the first sultan of granada who knew they had sultans in spain that's, that's what
1: i'm saying
2: um alhambra's islamic palaces as we know them today were built for the last muslim Emers in Spain. I don't think that's the right way to pronounce that. And the court of Nasrid of the Nasrid dynasty. After the conquest of Granada by Reyes by the Catholic monarchs in 1492, some portions were used by Christian rulers. The Palace of Charles V, built by Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor in 1527, was inserted into the Alhambra with the Nazrid fortifications. After being allowed to fall into despair for centuries, the buildings being occupied by squatters, Alhambra was rediscovered in the 19th century by European scholars and travelers with restorations commencing. It is now one of Spain's major tourist attractions, exhibiting the country's most significant and well-known Islamic architecture. Together with 16th century and later Christian building and garden introversions, Alhambra is, is a... Uh, unesco world heritage site and the inspiration for many songs and stories look at this thing can we go through the pictures again because i was reading and i missed them
1: look at this thing this thing
2: is oh my gosh (gasps) this
1: thing has room upon room of just beauty like look at that and it has like it almost has like town squares in the middle of it like it's not just a courtyard it is like a town square look at that
2: how do you how do you how does this get lost That's what I want to know. How does this get lost and all of a sudden squatters are living in it? This place is huge. You know, there's
1: a big homeless population in in castles, (laughs) apparently. Look at that.
2: that's stunning. So
1: there's, like, the town square. There's, like, um. The bathroom. Yeah, probably. That was, like, the
2: bathhouse. For the maids. Whoa, is that it now? Like, it has, like, couches and stuff? Who Uh, lives there? Oh, my gosh.
1: And there's the gardens. It's Um, gigantic. There's, like, a maze portion to the gardens, too. So, I know.
2: love it. I'm I'm such a big castle fan. I'm gonna get married in a castle. That could be on my list. What if you can get married there?
1: Uh you know what? I'm sure.
2: I like kind if of squatters
1: the, could live there. You can I get can married. get
2: married there. No, I wonder I love the kind of like the the clash and the mix of the different cultures and religions. I think that's so fascinating over the centuries how those different things were kind of built into it. Yeah. Um good castle, Phil. And it's in honor the, of Don Carlos, in honor of Mark, it's a Spanish uh, castle. So
1: Don Carlos has something to be proud of. He
2: does. He does. Um, I'm sure the real Don Carlos somewhat knew of that because that's uh, well. Let's see. Yeah, in in like the 1500s, it was. Yeah, it was. It was there.
1: It was on. You know, it was. It was on the list, the punch list of things to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I think.
1: so. Um. All righty, so let's end with predictions. The last predictions of 2015
0: for rain. And now. You're after Buzz TV predictions.
1: We didn't get much in the little preview that I saw.
2: Christine Baker goes, Good choice, Keaton. It's actually Phil chose the castle. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Uh, Good reading. Good reading. <laughs> um, I think I haven't seen the Canadian previews, but I feel like from what I've seen on the chat, from talking with Mark, and just from knowing Rain, I feel like uh, Don Carlos is alive. I feel like they're going to use this head injury as him going a little crazy. And I feel like, obviously, it's going to be a huge... That's going to be now the focus. Instead of getting Mary wed, it's now going to be focused on getting this crazy... Like, first of all...
1: Well, also, Gideon, it's going to it's going to be interesting how Gideon plays into this. Because he's kind of, by order of Elizabeth, courting Mary. <laughs>
2: yeah, which oh, we didn't even talk about him. But, yeah... Well, that's why
1: I wanted to bring it in now, so.
2: But this is, and the the thing with Gideon, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know why they, I just, I just don't see him and Mary ever. They have no chemistry. They have no chemistry. I'm like, I don't see it happening.
1: Well, again, well, because he's literally trying to force himself upon her. I know. The whole, uh, uh, you know, nothing will be the same. Don't worry. Everything will be recorded. By the way, you're sexy and beautiful. Do not write that.
2: Ugh. God, gag me. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, I think he's going to have a lot harder time. I think... um,
1: But he swept her off her feet, literally.
2: And she was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't touch me. Um, But yeah, no, I think uh, Don Carlos is alive. I think Narcisse is actually going to do good at his job. And I think Gideon is going to struggle. And I think Bash is going to find a new lover. And I think Greer... Leith is gonna gonna want to help Greer now, especially because she's pregnant. He's gonna feel oh, no. obligated gonna get to get married wanna... or something. No, he's gonna yeah. Late's gonna, gonna, gonna punch his lights out if yeah. that happens. No, he's gonna reel. Her... He wants. He's gonna feel like he needs to save her and help her even more now that the... when she finds out she's pregnant.
1: That's what I'm saying. Well, They're gonna get married or something. I can't. And wait. then Late's gonna They're punch gonna have
2: him. Up. Such a beautiful wedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do the... you think, Phil? What are your predictions? I know. I just. I'm on
1: board with you. You're on board. Yeah, I kind of gave my predictions throughout, and. uh you know, we'll and it's see. it's
2: 1102.
1: There's a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. Um, thank you to Mark for calling in.
2: Yes, thank we you, Mark. We appreciate
1: it. Show him some love. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, tweet him. Let him know, you know, how much you enjoyed having him on. Uh, he comes back. That's right. And, that you know, I think. Uh, Don't
2: you want to see him in the Bowflex here in the flesh? Like, really, we will bring the
1: Bowflex. The, Keen, bo- <laughs> the Bowflex. the <laughs>
2: Bowflex. What did you just
1: what did I just say? You said
2: low fat flex, and <laughs> I was like, whoa! Whoa! Well, oh, originally Zonings I thought. I, okay,
1: you don't. Know, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. We should. Just end later. The show. Start- we should. <laughs> I didn't know. Don't tell
2: people we're talking about that later. We're we going to ignore that that was ever said. <laughs> the things that went through
1: my mind of what this thing did. Let's just keep it at that.
2: <laughs> oh, God, Phil, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you know what? Here at Afterbus <laughs> TV in 2016 for another rain after show.
2: <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Keaton Markey.
1: We'll see you in twenty sixteen for yeah. another episode.
0: Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterbuzzTV.com.